Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Hey there, ghosties. In this episode, I'll be doing a live reading with one of my beloved listeners. Every Wednesday, listen in on an intimate conversation and get inspired as we explore perspectives on life, love, and the human condition. Along the way, we'll uncover valuable insights and practical lessons that you can apply to your own life. And don't forget to hit subscribe or at the very least mark your calendars because every Sunday I'll be back with your weekly horoscope. And that you don't want to miss. Let's get started. Lou, welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. Hi, Jessica. So nice to be here. (laughs) So nice to be you too. What would you like a reading about here today? Well, I have a question that's kind of about sex, but also about depersonalization and not feeling real sometimes. Mm. I find myself sometimes when things are bad and things are not going well and things don't feel real, the only times that they do are during sex. And that's awesome and great. I love sex. Sex is the best conversation you can have with another person. But I want to find ways to not have to rely on sex to feel real when things don't feel real. (laughs) Mm. Okay. Do you have sex frequently slash also, is it sex with yourself or sex with like partnered sex? Yes to both, but I am partnered. I am in a relationship with a really wonderful person. Great. Congratulations. And, And your sex life is active enough that check like that's not the problem and what are the pronouns for that person they them okay great thank you so let me ground in i'm gonna have you say your full name and we are going to beep that shit out thank you are you missing a name my mother's maiden name is yeah that's you knew what i was looking for (laughs) i'm a fan (laughs) okay thank you very much you're well played well played okay were you raised with religion no, but I was raised semi-communally in a hippie situation. Okay, okay, yeah. that's why it looks like religion, because it's yeah. like a collective ethos sort of thing. Scared. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let me just kind of start, oh, and I should share, actually, your birth date, September 22nd, 1997, at 1.55 a.m. in Amherst, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm Canadian, so I feel like I can do that. Like, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Okay, when you say depersonalization instantly my mind goes to neptune when you say things don't feel real ditto my mind goes to neptune the tricky thing about neptunian energies is they can make us feel really out of our body out of time out of place and like things are not real or they are real but you are not so i'm guessing that's part of depersonalization eh Mm -hmm. In your birth chart, you happen to have Neptune opposite the Ascendant, and it's in the sixth house in Capricorn intercepted. So what this means is a lot of things, but a big thing that it means is that your relationship to your body, it can be really fuzzy. Mm. Did you have health issues as a kid? Weird ones, yeah. Not anything in particular, but it would be like a weird cyst and in a weird place and uh, really bad pneumonia for a long time. 
not one thing, but my mother does call me like special for a reason. Right. Again, this is perfect Neptune in the sixth house. Neptune Mm. in the sixth house often gives us weird, unexpected, difficult to diagnose, difficult to find, difficult to treat ailments that a lot of times, and with Neptune, it's a lot of times stuff that Western medicine doesn't think is a big deal, but is like completely messes with our quality of life. What it looks like you're, in your childhood, you were kind of taught to do is to take a really spiritual attitude to the feelings in your body that you didn't like. Like you were supposed to disassociate as a coping mechanism. Is that correct? That feels right. Yeah. 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 It was given to you as like a coping mechanism because that's the best your parents could do. Were you raised with both of them or just with your mom? Uh, with both of them. Yeah. With both of yeah. them. Because your mom's energy is like all over this issue. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. 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 So, so you're like, that's, yes, that's true. The thing I want to first kind of ground you into is that there is a way that you have a hard time staying present in your body for yourself, by yourself, because you're scared of what you'll find. Oh, ouch. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it's heavy. It's heavy. Mm-hmm. And, and on top of it, look, you're a Virgo. You've got your Mercury and North Node in Virgo. You've got your Moon in Gemini. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're just so mercurial. And so when you start to maybe settle into your body and you're like, oh, maybe my hip a little hurts or maybe I have a tummy ache, your Mercury is just like, what does it mean? What does it mean? How can I figure it out? What do I do? And that pops you straight from your body and into your head, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, very and, immediately. <laughs> like spontaneously. It's just like... Mm-hmm. And, and and I want to just acknowledge that this is, at this stage of your life, a maladaptive coping mechanism, but in your childhood was a really helpful coping mechanism. Yeah, that makes sense. My guess is when you had like pneumonia, you were able to just like be off in your head and ignoring that you couldn't breathe. Mm-hmm. And I think when we're like tracking our behavior that actually hurts us, it's helpful to recognize when it didn't hurt so that you don't vilify this coping mechanism because there is a part of you that's like, well, if I feel in any way off or bad, in any way off or bad, of course I should go into my head and abandon my body. Mm-hmm. This is well-established fact for, for your system. Yeah. Yeah. I want to just kind of like leave this on, on the table, not the shelf, the table. We're coming right back to it. And then I want to look at your fifth house. So when I'm looking for sex, I'm looking at your fifth house or your eighth house, right? Now, lucky you. You have Pisces in your damn eighth house. So Neptune is the ruler of your eighth house. So for you, sex is this one time where you're in your body and having a spiritual and emotional experience at once. Mm -hmm. It's just like one time, right? Yeah. Fucking Neptune slash Pisces Mm -hmm. on that eighth house cusp. So it gives you, yeah, it gives you this (laughs) access, right? You, you get to be like, not in your head, but in the realm of head, like just above the head Mm -hmm. and also in the body. Mm -hmm. And it's this place where you've experienced safety Mm -hmm. around your body's self-awareness, because Mm -hmm. now there's a reason to have self-awareness with your body. It's like, do that. Don't do that. You want me to do this? I will do that. You know, like, it's Mm -hmm. just like a superpower instead of this hyper vulnerability for you Mm, yes that's exactly how it feels (laughs) yes congratulations (laughs) slash condolences right (laughs) so let's add to that because now I look at your fifth house where you have 
yummy Scorpio on the fifth house cusp. You have Mars and Pluto, the two big fuckers of the Zodiac, <laughs> right? Like these are the dudes that like to fuck. And so these two planets are just like sex. Yes, sex is fun. Sex is intense. Sex has a reason for it. And it's for getting closer to people or getting closer to yourself, depending on the kind of sex you're having. It doesn't mean it's completely uncomplicated because Pluto's there, right? So mm -hmm. it's definitely going to be complicated for you at times. But it's not complicated in that Neptunian way where you're like, what's going to happen to me? Like it, that kind of Neptune can mm. have us feeling more victimized. Like I'm out mm -hmm. of control. There's nothing I can do. Whereas when control issues come up with Pluto, it's, oh, how do I want to like get on top of this? You know? Mm -hmm. And so again, there's more a sense of agency that you experience. I want to just kind of acknowledge the transcendence and power and release that sexual engagement has for you. And I, my guess is it's not just about fucking. It's it's about like all the, the colors of the rainbow of a sexual encounter. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. It feels like the biggest humble brag right now. It's something I know I'm good at. I love doing it. It's amazing. <laughs> get in there. Get it done. I exactly. respect you. You're also good. I mean, you're, you're partnered now, but you're also good at the hunt. You're good at like making it happen. Yep, you're yeah. welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> so now we're back to the problem. And the problem is when we have a part of ourselves that's so strong and so effective, and we have another part of ourselves that struggles so much, it is really hard to tell ourselves, to motivate ourselves, to be like, I know, I'll just lean a little less on the sex thing and a little more on the terrible crippling anxiety, right? <laughs> like, that feels good to me. Yeah. Real talk. Pluto's in the fifth house. So you can use it as a tool to manipulate. You can use it as a tool for fun. You can use it as a tool to get power. Mm. I mean, Pluto, you know, Pluto's got to be somewhere in the chart. The fifth mm. house for you is not a bad place. So again, I'm just going to kind of leave this on the table, come to Neptune, and then we'll, we'll come back to Pluto and Mars. The way that your chart is written speaks to you having a bit of anxiety around your physical body and being mm -hmm. in your body. You know, it, it is in your chart. That's what it is. When we have a reaction to anxiety where we're like, I'm going to hold my breath and wait for it to pass. I'm not going to engage with it. Anxiety gets worse. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. you have weeks, years, decades, not you yet, but one day <laughs> where, you know, you have evidence. I tap into my anxiety. I feel worse because you mm -hmm. hold your breath, you pull back. Right. Mm -hmm. And then things don't ever get better, which means over time they get worse. All of this to say that I want to encourage you to cultivate habits around being present with and tolerating your anxiety. And on top of it, because of how mercurial you are, it's important to cultivate interest, authentic inquisitiveness about your anxiety. Because sometimes your physiological experience of anxiety, which I think encompasses depersonalization and not feeling real, sometimes it's your system saying, I am thirsty. Why won't you give me water? I am hungry. Why won't you give me food? Because Neptune in the sixth house, people often forget to drink enough water or eat or even pee when you have to pee. Have you noticed Whoa. those things? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Neptune, man. It's Neptune. So like drinking <laughs> enough water, peeing when you need to pee. And eating the right foods frequently enough, and the right mm -hmm. foods are just the right foods for your body, not, mm -hmm. you know, there's no right foods. That's a big one. And so your anxiety may be your, your body saying, hey, it's 2 p.m. Where's my protein? I don't know mm -hmm. what, what you're doing here. And if you just recoil from the anxiety, 
then it's 7 p.m. before you figured it out. And now your anxiety is out of control. And of course, you're going to figure out it's because so-and-so looked at you sideways or whatever, you know, whatever. <laughs> Step one is being able to understand that your inquisitiveness is a superpower that you can use. Mm -hmm. But the key is to go in with a journalistic mindset instead of too much of a self-help mindset, okay? And I say this Thank you because- for saying that. <laughs> I see your chart. You have a moon mercury square. It is very tight. And that means that you can just be like, feelings, thoughts, feelings, thoughts, justify each with the other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's not what we're doing here. You've got mercury and Virgo. So we want to lean into that and be journalistic to be like, how do I know I'm feeling anxious? So it's a great first question. How do mm -hmm. I know I'm feeling anxious? You're probably going to have to track it in your body or track it in your head right? Okay. So if I know I'm feeling anxious because I've tracked it and I like know what the feeling is, question number two, on a scale from one to 10, how bad is it? 10 is I could be dying. You know, nobody knows. And you're never going to have a one because this question is not going to come up if you have a one, right? Like it's <laughs> yeah. realistically. So, so one to 10 is the framework we're using. And if it's easier for your brain to do one to five, whatever, it doesn't matter, obviously, right? So ask yourself, how do I know I'm feeling anxious? to personalize it and locate yourself. Then you give it a number to depersonalize it. This is anxiety. Mm. I am not anxiety. This is anxiety. Then the third step is to ask yourself, is there anything that I need around my anxiety? Not, is there anything that my anxiety is trying to tell me? Because mm. that'll slip you back into like, the world is ending. I could be dying. Like, you know, all the things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But instead, just centering you into, is there anything that I need? And, and again, Part of why I'm advising you around this third point is because my guess is a good, I don't know, 30 to 60% of the time, you need to drink water, you need to pee, or you need to eat, or you need to breathe. <laughs> that, that probably sums it all up. <laughs> Sorry about that. I mean, listen, the sky is falling, you know, I mean, there's like climate crisis, the world, blah, blah, blah. There's a, re a lot of great reasons. Even if your, you know, your partner and your besties and your family are perfect, there's still a million reasons to be anxious. And I don't mm -hmm. want to take that from you or anyone. You know, I love to freak out. But I do think that for you, if you develop a practice of catching it early enough, you're going to find a lot of this that happens because it happens for you. It looks like a bazillion times a day, this kind of anxiety. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, I would call it like a, a low buzz until it's high. And yeah. for a long time, I didn't know that it, that was anxiety. Because... Yes, <laughs> it very much is. And <laughs> if you can track it when it's at a low buzz, it doesn't need to get high most of the time. And it for sure will sometimes because life is anxiety producing and you have Neptune in the sixth house. So you're great at being like, I have a reason to be anxious. But <laughs> if you can make this habit, you know, and I gave you like these three very specific tools. And at first it's going to feel kind of arduous to follow through, mm -hmm. but then you can tweak it and make it your own. And it won't even take long. Mm -hmm. I mean, it might depending on where you're at, but it really doesn't have to take long. This is something that like before you hook up with your partner, you can go to the bathroom and do it so that you're grounded into who and what you are, or you grab a glass of water first or whatever, <laughs> and before you kind of quote unquote fix something that isn't broken inside of you. Yeah. Yeah. So is it you not feeling real or things not feeling real or both? I think it's, it's hard to separate them, but when I, really think about it it's myself because mm -hmm. th things and other people can seem real but sometimes I don't when I'm interacting with them 
I'm just going to give you a tiny bit of astrology background to that. Neptune opposite the ascendant will do that. You also happen to have Uranus opposite the ascendant. So you may feel like you're online all of a sudden, and then you're offline all of mm -hmm. a sudden because yeah. of Uranus. And Uranus makes you really impatient with how slow Neptune and Capricorn is. Mm-hmm. Neptune and Capricorn slow. It's just like <laughs> it's just like trying to scale a wall, you know, really carefully because yeah. of how seriously it doesn't want to fall. Whereas Uranus is like, let's fucking fall if we gotta fall. Uranus and Aquarius, <laughs> whatever. Like we'll pick up the pieces. And you have I'm these so glad you said that. <laughs> okay, good. I feel like my anxiety often feels like impatience. <laughs> yes, correct. It is. It is for sure. It is. And impatience isn't bad or good. The problem is because you have a knee-jerk reaction to anxiety, you don't currently know, oh, I'm just impatient. I just need to breathe because I'm impatient. I just need to accept that this person is annoying and they're taking too long in this line. And that's all that that is. And I'm going to feel the anxiety of it until I get to my spot in the line or whatever it is, right? And then other times you're feeling anxiety because there's like bad vibes around you and you need to like shield up. Do you do energy work at all? I don't, but uh, maybe I should. Yes. <laughs> yeah. In terms of boundaries, you don't need to go super woo. Like you really don't need to go that woo at all. All you got to do, okay, is visualize yourself a nice Glenn of the Good Witch bubble around you. Please tell me you know what that movie is. Yes, of course. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I don't know. You're born in 97. It hurts my feelings. <laughs> So you visualize a really big Glenda the Good Witch bubble around you. It doesn't matter how big it is. It's energy, but bigger is better. Okay. And you can put on the outside of Glenda the Good Witch bubble mirrors. You see mirrors where you can't see in, but they can see out of the glass. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. what you're doing. So you can see out, but when, when people look at you, when people throw energy at you, they just see themselves and it bounces off. Mm -hmm. And then you can fill it with whatever colors you like. Working with color is really important for you because yeah. it's easy for you. Mm -hmm. yeah it is and I think for you greens are always going to be really nurturing mm. and soothing so mm. did you grow up around nature yeah uh, kind oh. of in the middle of nowhere <laughs> okay I, I think you know there are pros and cons of that and that might be a whole other conversation but nature is always a good thing for you yeah pulling in greens from nature or like mm. even like if you have a specific relationship to a tree pulling in the roots of that tree just mm. stuffing it in your in your auric field in your glen to the good witch bubble if you practice this, it will do two things. Let's say everything I just described is woo-woo bullshit and it doesn't help anything. What this practice will do is it will give your brain something constructive to focus on and ritualistic to focus mm. on, both yeah. of which is good for you. Yeah. Now, let's say the woo-woo works. Let's say the woo-woo is real. Then what it will do is shield you and protect you. And the reason why I articulate what if it's not real is because I see your fucking chart and you're for <laughs> sure if, if you're taking this homework seriously, you like go off and you try to do it. Sometimes you'll be like, this is real. I don't know if I'm doing this right. Am I doing this right? Like, is, you know, you'll just like overthink it. Virgo, Mercury, welcome. Luckily, I was raised by hippies, so I have a pretty high tolerance for okay, it. I love good. that stuff. Okay, good. Great. Okay, good. Then, <laughs> then I will say to you, the most important thing here is identifying that when you feel overwhelmed by other people's energies, that there's something simple you can do. You can do it in the moment. It doesn't have to take a lot of time. Mm -hmm. And if you make it a ritual, it gets stronger because that's how yeah. you're wired, right? Yeah. The feeling of like you not being real 
you know, it's such a specific frame that you've given me. And I want to also acknowledge that even though I'm giving you all of this great woo astrological perspective, depending on how it affects your life, that might be something you want to also talk to like a doctor about because, yeah, you know, absolutely. I'm a big fan of like, you know, do all the bases, like cover it in all yeah. the bases, right? <laughs> I want to just slow down and check in because I've kind of covered a lot of things, but I want to see if you have any questions about anything I've already said, or are you have any questions about things I haven't yet said, like things you want me to look at? I think one thing that came up for me was, I can't remember when exactly you were talking about it, but it made me think about how I often feel I need to endure my <laughs> my emotions or my feelings or my perceptions of things until that feeling passes mm. and how sometimes that gets wrapped up into my anxiety and how sometimes that I think feeds into uh, letting go from yeah. everything that's happening. Okay. Give me an example of just, it doesn't have to be a big deal example, but an example, if you can, about a moment where you were like, I have to endure this. Two examples come to mind. One Great. is about anger and the other is about grief and sadness. Does this always come up around kind of emotions that other people have a hard time with? Like that are like traditionally poo-pooed? I think so. Yeah. Especially anger, I think. I'm very good at soothing. I'm not very good at being soothed. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So give me that example. Tell me that example that you thought of with the anger. It comes down to like uh, getting like friend jealous, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So getting like jealous about a friend. Wait, I have to interrupt you because something just happened. Mm -hmm. So I asked you for an example and then you kind of named like two possible examples mm -hmm. and then as you, and please tell me if I'm wrong, but this is what I'm feeling psychically, is that as I, you started to realize that it was actually pressing you to give an example, you started to get like twirled around in your head and really confused. Yeah. Yes. It was hard to hold on to it, eh? Yeah, but it was clear when I said it, but then yes. it became not. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Okay, good. Okay, good. So this is a great example of part of what you've been talking about. Mm -hmm. First, I want to acknowledge that you powered through. You were just pretending that it wasn't happening. And if you weren't talking to a psychic, no one would ever know. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. It is okay to be like, oh, wait, I've lost track of myself. Give me a sec. Mm -hmm. Like, you're allowed to do that. I just want to, you know, if you were looking for permission, permission granted. Okay. <laughs> you're you. allowed to do that. You're welcome. But the other thing is, I could feel that you knew that you were losing track of yourself, but you just felt like you had to figure it out. You had to like push through, right? You mm -hmm. had to push through until you did. And what I think would have happened if I hadn't interrupted that was that you would start to feel anxious. Mm -hmm. Even as actually, I'm t as I'm forcing you to like sit in this moment, you are getting anxious. Am I right about that? Bit, yeah. yeah, yeah, I can feel it. I can feel it. So first of all, breathe. Actually, breathe. <laughs> Do me a favor. Come on, inhale and exhale. Uh, okay. Oh, is that any better? Is breathing make it any better? Yeah. Okay. It immediately makes it better. <laughs> okay, great. Okay, great. That's what I felt. Okay, good. So there's like a lot of data that we're getting here, right? One is that your habit of powering through sits at cross purposes of feeling present and real. Mm -hmm. Another one that I haven't named yet is you started to feel discombobulated because the topic was making you anxious and you weren't sure you really wanted to say it. I agree. At first you were sure. And then when it actually became real and it was going to come out of your mouth, you're like, I don't know if I want to do this. <laughs> yeah. But you didn't honor your needs or your preference. Like you, you were just pushing yourself. 
And then breathing. Wow. That was so, so easy. It was so easy. And it would not have occurred to you in a million years, if yeah. I may be so good. <laughs> okay. Okay. So this is just good to know because mm -hmm. so many people I talk to that I give readings to, you know, on the podcast or not, I, the topic of like, do you breathe comes up and, you know, I would say like nine out of 10 people are like, what is breathing? Like what, you know, <laughs> and people breathe during yoga classes. They breathe, you know, in moments, but it's around challenging emotions that you really want to practice breathing. Like, oh, you're, you're mm -hmm. holding your breath again, my mm -hmm. dude. You're holding your breath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to ground you just like into that because if you can get, I'm appealing to your anoretic degree son in Virgo. If you can get ritualistic about remembering to ask yourself, am I breathing? Even creating like a breath work thing where you like inhale, inhale, inhale four times, exhale four times or something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, if you create your own little shtick around it, it'll help you. Like it'll mm -hmm. help you. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I want to just ground you into that. Now that we've talked about that, I think what I'm actually wanting to say is the one about grief and sadness, but that's like the harder one to talk about. Of course. <laughs> of course. Excellent. Yes. Yeah. A, a very close family friend passed away uh, about three years ago and- Sorry. Thank you. I think it, just the timing of things was very strange in my life. As you know, a death never comes at an opportune time. No, it doesn't. <laughs> but I, I don't think I ever fully let myself feel those things. I let them happen in the backgrounds and not the front ground. And then when that became a problem, I went to grief counseling. And then when I was working through it, it was like a problem to be solved. Like in both times when I felt like I was like dealing with it, <laughs> feeling it. When the, those feelings happen, like the, the anger and sadness and grief, it's like my mind knows that eventually it will feel different. And so I just have to sit and be in it until that time comes. So even when I'm like working through it, it's like, it feels like enduring until mm -hmm. it's done. So like, even if I'm doing something to like engage with it, it's like not going to get at it because it's just going to be there until I feel differently, mm. if that makes sense. It does. It does. I think that's quite normal. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to be sad. Nobody wants to be anger, <laughs> angry. I mean, some people are much better at it than others. But I think part of what happens is that your enduring is colliding with the difficulty you have staying embodied. Mm -hmm. Things mm -hmm. are triggering for you. Mm -hmm. So... You're enduring and then you disassociate and you might do that by being discombobulated. You might like be a part of an endless scroll or like, you know, yeah. any number of things that we do to disassociate. Do you like TV? I like movies. Movies. Okay. <laughs> Same thing. Like screen time. You like screen time. Okay. Yeah. And alone screen. So not just movie in theaters, movie at home. Yeah. Well, I like both for sure. Okay. Let me ask, are you able to cry? No, I'm okay. very bad at it. You're bad at it. Yeah. Okay. So this is always going in the right direction then. Okay. So I'm going to give you weird homework. This one's mm -hmm. not as tor torturous. Okay. <laughs> it's to make the decision that you want to sit with your grief. You want to mm -hmm. make time for it. So think of your grief. Like you think of a very sad friend who's a total fucking bummer, but you love, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so what do you do with that friend? You you sit with that friend, you make yourself available. And so what I want to encourage you to do for big things like we're talking about, like mourning somebody or like big grief, big anger, that kind of stuff, stuff that's not going to be done in a day is to schedule time, like literally put an alarm on your phone, X amount of minutes, X amount of hours. I mean, I would say you should start with less than an hour for sure. 
where you're really going to stay present with your feelings. And that means keep on bringing your attention back to your body because the Mm -hmm. meat suit holds the heart. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Holds the emotions. To make a practice of just staying with it as long as you can. And if what you want to do is try to access weeping, crying, here's my cheat. This is why I asked about TV and movies, okay? You put on like a sad, like Hallmark, like, you know, it's not a sad movie that's like, oh my God, this really thoughtful film. No, Mm. we're talking about a movie that is manipulating you so that you cry and you know it and you're not going to have a cinematic conversation about it later, okay? (laughs) Very clear about this. And then you wait for it to make you cry. Mm-hmm. And then you pause the movie and you lean in. Mm-hmm. You just let it crack you open. And it is a cheat, you know, and it's it's a great one. It it can yeah. really, really work because you get so in your head and so separate from your body that it's hard to access the emotions and the body, which is where, of course, we cry from. Those two mm-hmm. things. A movie can trick you into it. Some stupid movie, when it like gets your tears jerked, you pause and then you can lean in and let it go. Part of this is about you don't have to do the smartest thing for it to be the best thing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't always have to be that smart. Sometimes it can just be about finding a way to kind of get around some of your own defenses. Mm. Your defenses are there for great reasons. So Mm. we don't want to like vilify your defenses. But the only way to earn trust from your system, which has such a hard time being in the body because it's a scary place is to practice being in the body and being a good parent to that like inner child part that is kind of frozen in time. Yeah. Does it answer the question? You know what I'm saying? The, the question you just asked, which I'm still feeling a little floopy about because I, I went into the loop-de-loop with you. Yeah, I got a little loop-de-loop. Yeah, we went loop de loop And you know what? This is, this is really good because, I, I mean, it's important that it came up because it's pretty much what you're talking about. Mm-hmm is that you lose track of yourself and then it's like hard to remember what happened. Like, yeah. I mean, I know we're, we can listen to this afterwards and be like, oh, this is what happened. <laughs> or like maybe we both misremembered it. But mm-hmm. the point is, is that you genuinely don't know. And so another why. <laughs> now, if we were having like a normal non-psychic conversation, you'd be like playing catch up to try to like show up. Right, yeah. Which is an abandonment of self, mm-hmm. right? Which, fuck, I mean, you got to abandon yourself like, you know, that's life a little bit. Like some, we can't be authentic a hundred percent of the time. That's fine. But if I hadn't interrupted that, you, your anxiety would be super spiked right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I'll say every time I reference it, your, your anxiety spikes a little. Do you it, notice uh, this? Oh yeah. Every time I like think about it, it's yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> it just spikes up. Yeah. Do me a favor. Breathe one more time. Does that help the anxiety at all? Yeah. Super annoying. Yeah. Shocking. (laughs) Breathing, actually, it helps. It's a crazy new thing. (laughs) It is. I mean, they just invented it. It's don't worry that you didn't know about it yet. But the thing is, is like, I think, and I don't know how, like, you've got Neptune in the six, but you're a Virgo. So I don't know how helpful this is, but you may want to, like, watch, like, a quick TikTok or YouTube or whatever, whatever, if it's visual, if you want to read an article about the physiology of why breathing is helpful for anxiety, that might help to, like, lock it in for you. And it might not, I don't know how your brain works, but I would encourage you to give yourself visual audio, maybe written reminders, like write Mm -hmm. down, I will remember to breathe because (laughs) you want to hit your system with as many resources so that you can remember that because it does really work. 
you may have heard of VPNs. They're super important. A VPN or virtual private network is something that you can use to make your online activity safer, which is especially important for people of color, people who can get pregnant, especially if you're in a red state, queers, journalists, and activists. VPNs protect your information by masking your device's IP address. It encrypts your data and routes it through secure networks to servers in faraway states or countries. This hides your online identity, allowing you to browse the internet anonymously. It's 2023. Protect your online activity on all of your devices by getting a VPN toot suite. Hold on. Let me just check something because your anxiety is popping back up again, isn't it? Is it? Am I seeing that right? I think I'm thinking three steps ahead right now. (laughs) Okay. And what are you thinking about? I'm thinking about how breathing is so easy during sex. So I'm coming back to the sex question. And so I'm thinking about how, how easy it feels during sex and why it can't feel easy in other moments. (laughs) So this is one of those things where I can be very fucking wise when I'm giving you a reading. But Mm -hmm. if I'm having anxiety, do you think I remember to (laughs) breathe all the time? Like, we all have things that we're really good at. Yeah, You know what? Mm -hmm. That's not true. Not everybody has things they're really good at. Some people have nothing that they're really good at. And I'm not being a dick. I just, Mm -hmm. I think it's important that we're not Pollyannas about the human condition. Mm -hmm. A lot of us have a thing we're really good at. And then if you compare your one thing that you're 10 out of 10 stars about, to everything else in your nature, well, then you take your like five out of 10 stars and you've just degraded it to three Mm -hmm. because you're playing comparison games, right? Mm -hmm. You're great at sex. It's great for you. (laughs) We don't want to, we don't want to do anything to diminish that or steal from that. But instead of being like, why can't I be like that in these other places? Let me give you a reframe. And the reframe is this. I know how to breathe. I don't know how to remember to do it outside of sex. It's easy Mm -hmm. for me to remember to do it during sex. Mm -hmm. I already know how to do it. My body knows how to breathe. My psyche knows how to breathe. My spirit knows how to breathe. Mm -hmm. I just have to remember so that I remember to choose to do it so that I can develop this skill in other parts of my life because I already know I can do it because Mm -hmm. I am doing it in certain parts of my life. Mm -hmm. Does that reframe make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. It's, I know how to breathe. You do. You definitely do. I do it do. all the time. You're great, great <laughs> at it. Except when know. I don't. <laughs> except, except for when you need to the most. Yes. Exactly. But, exactly. but it's good to remember that you found a place, an experience in your life where you weren't governed by fear at all. Mm-hmm. That what you didn't know wasn't a threat to you. Yeah. And that's a gift. And I think that this kind of like pulling into more like sex part of the question. Mm-hmm. What's particularly important is that in your intimate relationships, because Neptune and Uranus and Jupiter, but we're not talking about Jupiter right now, Neptune and Uranus are on your descendant, which is where your intimate relationships are. So that's your dates. It's whoever you date. That inevitably you are going to have conversations with the people you date and they're going to ask you a question and you're going to go in guns blazing and be like, I'm going to answer your question. I'm going to show up for this process. And then what happened earlier in our conversation is going to happen. But times a million because it's someone you're dating and they're not psychic, right? (laughs) So then you are, you know, three weeks deep into a conversation and you're just, you know, drowning in anxiety and you Mm. don't even know what you're talking to them about and you can't locate yourself. So the one time that you're like, 
sweet fucking relief is Bone Town. Mm, mm-hmm. If I may call it. <laughs> you may. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you very much. So we don't want to take from Bone Town, the great great town but what instead we want to do i don't know i was like this was a building in this both is the bone town yeah this is a building i don't know I'm why the yeah. you're the mayor i'm not the mayor you're the mayor <laughs> but with this it's really about the intimacy that we have with ourselves creates a cap for the intimacy we can have with others mm. which is why self-help is a big deal because if you can't help yourself you end up getting these relationships where things are like an anxiety machine mm-hmm. or a trigger tape parade, if I may. Mm. And do you tend to be in monogamous relationships? Yeah, more or less. Yeah. Monogamous in practice, perhaps not always in theory. <laughs> I see. I see. Uh huh. That, that, okay. The, the theory is actually good for you to keep things open, I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I will say for as long as you majoritively consistently indulge the, impulse that is now maladjusted but at one time really worked for you to bolt away from discomfort or confusion then this pattern in relationships will show up sooner or later in one way or another right Mm -hmm. because if you're processing with your date or your bestie and you lose track of yourself and you don't say i gotta call a timeout i like lost myself and I'm, i'm not present anymore let me like take a walk around the block and come back in or let me just like go to the bathroom and like you know do your like anxiety questions or whatever it is (laughs) do your breath work if you don't give yourself that kind of authority over your own wellness then you can't show up for the person you're intimate with in a real way and i think it's a big fear of mine it's a good fear it's a it's a fair fear and i I don't mean like you should be scared but i do (laughs) mean like it's i think that reflects self-awareness you're very smart and so you, when you fake it, you're very good and it works really well, mm-hmm. but it's completely at your own expense. And yeah. then eventually at the expense of your relationship, because it's not real intimacy when you're like cobbling it together and hoping yeah. no one notices that you're not in the room. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, whoa. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Slash, sorry. You're slash, Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I just need to sit with that one for a yeah, second. Yeah, please you. do. Yeah, yeah. We're sitting. We're sitting. No rush. Thank you. I Yeah, I needed that said exactly in that way. Excellent. You have the right to check out, to be like loop-de-loo at times. Again, I don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater. Like, <laughs> I don't want you to be like vilifying any part of your nature. But really, all of this comes down to your own willingness to experience all of your feelings and Mm -hmm. not just the ones you know what to do with yeah and i hate that that. i mean i mean i'm a i'm a capricorn i don't want you to feeling feelings is terrible but i i do i do think that you have the capacity to do it your mars and pluto are really comfortable right yeah they're comfortable in the fifth house they're like fucking is fun i'm guessing you like playing or are you into sports at all i used to play rugby and I love working out. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it makes exactly. it feel so good in my body. That's what it looks like. And also yeah. like rugby makes sense because it's like run, tackle, attack. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's like all in the name of fun, right? Yeah. Those are ways that you know how to be in your body, but they're also about play. You yeah. know, you're, for you, exercise is playful. For me, mm-hmm. it's torture for you, play, <laughs> because of the way your chart is written. So 
another thing you may want to consider doing is are there ways that you can be slightly more playful in response to that discombobulated anxiety spike that happens for you? Like, mm -hmm. can you come up with like, you know, people talk about mantras. Can yours be like really silly yeah. and playful and fun because your Mars and Pluto is really comfortable with intensity. Mm, yes. That's fun. Yes. <laughs> so you yeah. can come up with a stupid rhyme that mm. it means something. It reminds you to breathe. It brings you back to yourself, but it's not self-serious. Yeah. Yeah. When I get self-serious, it like brings me lower. <laughs> well, at this time, I'll yeah. say that because your moon Mercury square and your Neptune when they go into self-seriousness, they're like, oh my God, I'm drowning. Oh my God, I'm mm -hmm. drowning. I have to figure out why I'm drowning. Because if I figure mm -hmm. out why I'm drowning, then maybe I won't be drowning anymore. But mm -hmm. why you're drowning doesn't help you until after you're no longer drowning, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just, you know, hot takes. <laughs> so I want to just like center you into, instead of trying to figure out why is this happening or even what's happening, it's how am I feeling? What do I need? Part of what that might look like for you is whenever possible, you know, turning on music and dancing your buns off. Mm. Or like if you're in the car, screaming your face off, doing something that is not necessarily that deep, but helps a reset happen in your system and yeah. takes you a little out of your head. Yeah, that really strikes true. Yes. Yeah. So I can do that. <laughs> yeah, you can definitely do that. One more thing I'm supposed to say is sometimes you are sad and sometimes you are burnt out. Yes. And both of those things can create anxiety for you. Yes. But they take different remediation. Mm. There is value in kind of sitting with like, am I sad? If the answer is yes, what am I sad about? And what do I need around my sadness? Mm. If the answer is not yes, I'm sad, then you may just be like tapped. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. when people have Neptune in the sixth house, generally you need to for at least a few minutes a day, every damn day, stare at a white wall, like think of nothing, do nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it literally, like it doesn't have to be an hour or whatever, but like think of yourself as one of those rechargeable batteries. I don't know if they have them anymore, but you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Or like your phone needs to be charged, right? For you charging your like emotional and physical self requires silence and inactivity. Yeah. So you're allowed to do that. Where you get into trouble is if you're scrolling on social media, that's not silence. That's mm -hmm. noise. So yes. that doesn't work. Right. And I think it's really important to, to say that if you're feeling kind of tapped or burnt out, what you need is going to be any number of things from, you know, like you need to eat or pee or mm -hmm. whatever, or it may be that you just need to cancel plans for tonight, even though you yeah. actually want to do it. Maybe you kind of can't do it without yeah. increasing your, your anxiety. And what I want to encourage you to do is play with this. Mm -hmm. And when I say play with this, I mean, be interested, be inquisitive, like a journalist and experiment with different ways of holding and responding to those feelings before they hit an eight out of 10, because it can happen really quickly. And if yeah. it does happen really quickly, you can work with it. The thing I'm going to tell you though, is if you do this, you're going to be a very different person. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Right now you're good to go all the time. Want to go? Pretty yes. Much, yeah. That's what you say. You say yes. Right. Yeah. Do you say no frequently? Oh, I never. Okay. <laughs> sometimes, right. sometimes. Okay. Sometimes. So that'll change. <laughs> that'll change. Yeah. All these things we're talking about would be great for you to change.
but there's this part of you that feels that powering through your feelings so that you have a nice exchange with other people is far more important. And that part of you will be seriously challenged if you actually figure out how to be like, oh shit, I actually need to cancel plans. I actually Mm. need to like pause this conversation. Some of your relationships will become challenged because Mm. all of your relationships are predicated on who you are now, Mm. not who you could be if you were healthier. Yeah. I want to just kind of acknowledge that because I think there is this part of you that feels that if things turn in a dramatic direction or if things go sideways interpersonally, that that's some sort of evidence of things being wrong with you. Mm-hmm. It's not a, you know, a wrong instinct. We want to look inside and be like, how am I accountable to this problem? But also relationships, if they're going to s- succeed over the course of time, need to recalibrate because everybody changes. Mm-hmm. And if people don't change, then and the world changes around you. So that's a change. Things evolve. And if our relationships can't move with us, right, Mm -hmm. then they eventually become a problem. And sometimes the problem between you and another person is we're not clicking at this time. We're Mm -hmm. not resonating with each other. We did not change in the same way. And Mm -hmm. that is okay. Again, there's this kind of thing that I see happens within you at the prospect of like disappointing people or saying no to people. Mm -hmm where you just go into an anxiety state where you're like, what, what am I doing? What is wrong with me? That kind of thing. Yes. I want to acknowledge that, you know, I've given you all these pieces of advice that you can run with or not. But the thing I didn't acknowledge is that it's going to create this whole new problem. Mm-hmm. Yes, you'll be less anxious. Yes, you'll feel more real. And mm-hmm. also your interpersonal life will be a little bumpier because it'll mm-hmm. be a little more substantive. It'll be more yeah. based on you. And so that might in moments be like oh shit so I showed up and then there were problems ouch (laughs) like that's not what I want to hear but we're always telling communicating to others who we are and if you communicate to other people I have no boundaries I'm cool Mm -hmm. yeah sure I have anxiety but that's my problem don't you worry about it then Mm -hmm. once you start showing up as more whole some people are just not Mm going to be able to roll with that and that's Mm -hmm. not on you that's on them thank you my pleasure (laughs) do you have any other questions I guess one would be, would bringing a different physical aspect into my <laughs> my non-sex life, mm-hmm. <laughs> would, would that be helpful? Is that, because that's a thought I've had and have tried to like implement in my life, but I don't find a lot of consistency with it. And what kind of stuff have you tried? Being consistent about, you know, working out, which is something I really enjoy, but yeah. also like yoga, going for walks and while like I'm doing them, they feel really good, but I have a hard time with the consistency yeah, of yeah. keeping them up. Listen, you got a moon and Gemini in the 11th house. <laughs> Ideally, these things can be like going for walks, make it social. Team sports is actually mm. way you'll do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not going to not go to a team sport, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas going to yoga, I mean, that's a class you have to pay for. <laughs> that's like a thing you have to go and do on your own. So that seems a lot harder for you. Yeah. So I think those are all good things. But I think that if you're looking for like something physical, like 100 percent, those are great things. But Mm -hmm. if you're looking for something physical, I'm kind of curious, is there not something that you can do on the bus on the way to work, Mm. like at a dinner party to help Mm -hmm. you get back in your body? Like, is there some sort of movement you can do, some sort of like shaking your leg or something? Mm -hmm. You know, it may be that some simple stim is all you need. And it may not be. But Mm -hmm. again, I want to say it doesn't have to be 
I mean, you should walk more. You should do sports. Fuck yeah, it's fun for you. <laughs> Obvi. But this issue is more like how do you, in the moment, while it's coming up, how do you mm, access mm -mm. your body? And that's why yes. I'm going in the direction of like, yes. is there like a, a little a little fun sim you could do? I don't mm, know. I don't know what that helpful. means for you. Okay, good. Helpful. You've got Uranus on the descendant and it's in the seventh house, but it's on the descendant. You got that Mars and Pluto in the fifth. Physical, for lack of better words, stimming, it's just, it really does like, it scratches an itch in your brain. Yeah. It's something to be inquisitive about and to play with. And, you know, maybe they do research into like what works for other people. You don't have to reinvent the wheel because the internet exists. <laughs> I would say that. And I would also say that whatever you figure out that works for you this week may not work next week. Mm. And that's not because it fails, but it's because of a couple things. One is, eh, that's life. The other is, my God, you have a lot of like Mercury driven stuff, Gemini moon, you know, all the stuff in Virgo. And so your system might be like, yeah, I already know that one. I'm already done <laughs> yeah. with that one, which is the reason yeah. why, like, you'll go for walks for a while and then you'll be like, walks? I don't know. <laughs> right. It's just like your yeah. system is because it gets bored a little bit of yeah. things. And so you probably need an arsenal and you could just like think of it as a grab bag of things that you can like try when you're feeling off. Because if you tell yourself there's like one of two things you can do, yeah, then you'll feel the way you feel now because that's what you've been doing. It just doesn't feel good all the time. Every once in a while, you know it's the right thing. You do the right thing and it feels good. And you're like, why don't I do this all the time? <laughs> yeah. It's got to be a little easier, I think. And then it will be also become easier for you to like just do the sporty things you like to do, like the physical things you like to do simply because you like to do them instead of because you're trying to like heal all of your secret mm. problems. <laughs> well, yeah, thank you. <laughs> you're, welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. It's like you're putting you're putting heaviness on it and then it's not fun anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whereas again, some kind of stim and I feel like it might need to be subtle for you because this is actually like very private to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you might not want to do something that like everybody can tell you're doing something because mm -hmm. you don't want people to ask you questions. That would be like yeah. the worst thing that could happen in response. <laughs> Finding something that you can do that is not self-harming could really help. And again, breathing is really not a bad option. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to encourage you to take a class on breathing like at all. Think of your favorite. You like music, right? Neptune? Love you music. music? Yeah. Okay. So think of your favorite, like the chorus to your favorite songs and breathe to the chorus just sitting mm -hmm. in on a bus in a car whatever the fuck that's all it needs to be again i want you to see like i just threw something stupid in there something fun mm -hmm. and no one's going to be like oh you're singing the refrain to like insert song mm -hmm. right now like, nobody's going to know that but you'll know that so you'll think it's stupid and that will be good for your brain mercury is a trickster so <laughs> yeah so you want to play with the trickster and mm -hmm. you don't want to play play it straight you want to get in there and it's comedy you know so that that could really help now, is there any other question you wanted to ask me? I think I can know what you mean because it feels like yes, but no. <laughs> yeah. So I'll tell you what I saw. Mm -hmm. You live with your partner? No, but we spend a lot of time together. Yeah. You're like constantly together, right? Yeah. And are they going through kind of a challenging time right now? In a sense, yeah. Yeah. It looks like they're consumed a little bit by whatever they're going through. Yeah, is that right? That strikes true. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It, there's not something strong that's like, I'm not like, oh, we need to talk about your relationship. It looks good. And also it looks like you talk to each other. So that's oh, yeah. great. Yeah. But there's something like there's like an anxiety point there. Yeah. I think it's because you need them. Like you yeah. really, really need them. Like it feels like maybe this is like an in love that is deeper than any in love you've had. Yeah. Obviously that's joyous. Yay, yay, yay. Slash also having something is having something to lose. 
Yeah, it's it's scary to feel so big. Yeah, it is fucking terrifying. <laughs> you don't need anything around this. It's just there's like this swirling anxiety. Not yeah. what's real, not am I real. It's not none of that narrative. It's just a swirling anxiety because you want it and you're feeding it and you're watering it and it's going well. And you're also like a human person in the world and you've heard breakup songs and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> so like, it's scary. You have something to lose. And it is really hard to live with that kind of fear. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing to be done about it. Yeah. It's just it's like a fear true. of death. It's just it's <laughs> yeah. just like this existential thing. And I think that kind of brings me to this this last thing that there is, is this kind of topic has kind of brought me to this thing, which there is this existential ennui that you have. Like you've heard of resting bitch face. Yeah. This is like resting ennui heart. I just yeah. made it up, but let's <laughs> I love pretend it. that's a thing. <laughs> yeah, you please run with it. I just see that that's part of what you have. And because you're so uncomfortable allowing it to just kind of be in the tapestry, mm -hmm. you kind of hover above it and it creates anxiety. Yeah. Ennui is beautiful and messy and sad and also like beautiful. I know I already said it, but it, I'll say it twice. And if you can breathe into the ennui, then it doesn't have to start to like panic you and separate you from your body. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. You know, another thing that people lie about is that bad things are the only things that hurt. Loving cool. someone this much, it hurts. It's, yeah. Just like that means they have to be alive all the time and they have to like <laughs> show up and want what you want. Like nothing can go wrong. It's a lot of things that are deeply, deeply out of your control and mm -hmm. giving yourself the grace to have all the emotions about it is really valuable. It's really mm -hmm. powerful. And then you just got to keep on breathing into it because it's like you feel like if you dip your toe in the water, something's going to grab you by the ankle and pull you down and that's it. It's done. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's very deep. I mean, I see I'm seeing it really clearly in this moment, whereas really this water is as deep as you are tall, not mm -hmm. more, not less. It's your water. It's you. The water oh. is you. Yeah. Yeah. The water is me. The water is the water you. Is you that's what it is. <laughs> exactly. And so giving yourself the space to practice dipping your toe, tolerating the fear, dipping your whole foot, tolerating the fear. Maybe in a year, you're going to get up to your knee, tolerating the fear. That's all you got to do. You don't have to mm -hmm. like the fear. You don't have to do anything about the fear. It's mm -hmm. just developing trust in your relationship with yourself. That's what this is. Mm -hmm. Right now, you don't have a lot of reasons to trust yourself because you abandon yourself whenever shit yeah. comes up. Okay, cool. So that's great information that you can use. And developing trust takes takes a time. And so, again, this is where you're going to just keep on coming back to, I hope. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think we did what we came to do. I think we got in, we got out. <laughs> we got in, we got out. We did. I really, I really hope this helps. It's been such it, a pleasure. It's been so talking helpful. To you. Thank you so much, Jessica. My pleasure. My pleasure.